Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. If you're looking to throw some optics on your turkey gun this spring, look no further than the Vortex Defender ST. This is the red dot we're going to be running this season. We're excited about it. This thing's built like a tank, super lightweight, super long battery life, everything you need in a good turkey red dot. And if you want to get a discount on that red dot or any other Vortex Optic, go to eurooptic.com and use the code SGN10 to get a discount. That's eurooptic.com, code SGN10. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar. May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you. And we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. You're listening to the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Now let's get to the episode. All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Listener Success Story. I uh, have a really good one on for you guys for this week. And it's actually kind of funny because this listener success story is going to sound Maybe a little familiar as of last week because uh, it's kind of based off some of the, one of the same episodes and kind of similar tactics, but with a, a buddy of Brett Mashburn's from last week's episodes. And we got Justin Tolbert on the phone, uh, who's from South Alabama, I believe. Is that correct, man? That's correct. South Alabama, uh, Houston County um, is where I live. Um, uh, I actually uh, do my hunting in Barber County, though. Oh, listen. 
Well, I won't say much about Barber County, but that's, that's a good place to be. But anyways, we'll keep on moving on. <laughs> oh, that's man. Right. That's right. Dude, uh, awesome. Well, you killed a freaking slammer, okay? Brett sent me a photo, and I think it might have been Saturday. I don't know. I was busy hunting the whole weekend. It was crazy. And he sent me a photo, and I was like, dude. <laughs> He's like, man, I got you to listen to a success story from a buddy of mine uh, doing something a little similar, but he killed us. I mean, you know, so everybody, I see the I see the term like once in a lifetime deer getting thrown around all the time, um, but dude, that is like a possible once in a lifetime Alabama buck for sure. That deer is freaking ridiculous. <laughs> no, no doubt about it, man. I'm you know, um, I've hunted a long time, uh, been hunting since I was 13 years old, and never have I seen a deer in person, much less shot a deer in South Alabama this size i mean um he ended up scoring 144 inches oh um, for south alabama that's yeah. insane <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, dude. So. well i mean he's got like trash i mean he's got all these kickers i mean he's just, it's a super wicked deer and anybody that's listening to this right now um if you haven't already gone to the instagram and youtube uh <clears throat> or i'm sorry the instagram and facebook page uh of ours um you can go over there and see photos now if you're listening to this right when this episode drops at 5 30 in the morning it's not posted yet but around uh, 10 o'clock or so we'll have this uh posted up on facebook and instagram you guys should go look at the deer because dude it's freaking wicked and again congratulations on it and uh, thanks buddy i appreciate it we'll kind of we'll talk a little bit about it but let me ask justin how long have you been a listener of the show actually um jacob i've only been listening um for about two months now um so it was probably uh uh, the first of November, around the first of November, when I really started uh, listening to you guys. All right, so I got to ask, how did you get into listening to the podcast? And uh, were you always like a podcast listener beforehand, like listening to other shows, or is podcast kind of listening to shows uh, new to you? Um, no, uh, actually, I really um, never really listen to any any kind of podcasting lately. I got a bunch of buddies that you know they're they're all about podcasts and stuff like that, but. Um, I never really got into it. Um, um, so I kind of <clears throat> got noticed, noticed on Facebook and stuff that my buddy Brett, uh, Mashburn, uh, killed, uh, two good deer, one in uh, Missouri and one in uh, Alabama. And I was just, you know, commenting on his Facebook status and, you know, it was like, man, that's awesome, man. You know, teach me, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, he was like, you know, message me. So I messaged him and, and, uh, he said, listen, he said, if you want to know, um, some good tactics and stuff like that. You need to go listen, listen to these guys. So, so Brett is, is the guy that really put me on to you guys. And, um, I'm just telling you, man, ever since I have looked, I've completely changed the way I've hunt, I've hunted over the, the years. And, um, like I was telling you earlier, um, haven't done much hunting this year, um, because of, uh, family and, um, uh, trying to, uh, build a new house and stuff like that. But, um, so the times that I've been, I've, I've, I've I had to make them count. And, um, you know, I started listening to you guys like the first of November, which was, you know, already into bow season. So I had to start, you know, adding the tactics, um, right then, um, going into, you know, in bow season and, and starting to go into gun season. So, um, <clears throat> just started, just started trying to implement what I heard and stuff like that. And, um, it ended up paying off for me. So I've got to ask, you know, you've only been listening to the show for, for two months. When you first started listening, what was, do you remember what the first episode you listened to? <laughs> it's funny you say that because it seems like everybody's uh, listener success story that I, I've listened to and stuff like that, they, they always talk about Glenn Solomon. 
And Glenn Solomon is the first episode that I actually listened to. So, um, which was a killer, killer episode. Um, and I know y'all got a bunch of reviews and, and stuff like that. And I know Glenn's passing everything. And, but, um, if we, if, if, you know, you guys could have got him on again, man, that would have been amazing. Um, but yeah, Glenn's episode was the first one I listened to. Yeah, man, I, I would have done anything to be able to have him back on the show because every, every time I go back and listen to it, I'm like, there was so much left on the table that I wish we could have picked, you know, picked apart with him just to share a little bit more knowledge. Because I mean, he just brushed the surface of you know his, you know, just years of experience. But yeah, his episode has impacted you know thousands of people's lives, and it's really cool that again that was one of your first episodes. And let me ask, kind of coming from, you know. I'm just going to say like a traditional Southern hunter, however you were raised and brought up deer hunting. Most of us got brought up deer hunting, you know, hunting, you know, possibly maybe your family owned some property, but most likely it was like a club or a lease. Most people came up in the South, at least in Alabama. That's kind of, from what I've seen, most people were raised that way and kind of, you know, grow up hunting, you know, some food plots, clear cuts, you know, kind of open areas for, you know, rifle hunting and then bow hunting. You might be trying to find that white oak or something like that. But when you listen to his episode and some episodes afterwards, how did that like change your perspective compared to maybe what you had done in the past? Well, um, like, like you said, I've, I've been, I grew up hunting, uh, you know, private lease leases with my uncles and, um, they're the real, the ones that really got me into hunting. Um, so, I've always hunted a private lease. I've never hunted much public. I've hunted a few times um, uh, with with Brett, but it's always been private land, uh, lease land. And like you said, it's always been you know hunt the food plots. Um, just recently, you know, it's it's you can put out bait now, so it's hunt hunt the bait spots, hunt the food plots, um, let the deer come to you. That's that's always been you know what i've done but you know listening when i started listening to this it was like you know you got to go where the deer are you gotta you know you got to get in there to the thickets and you got to you know hunt the trails and 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 get out there and and search for the sign you gotta like you guys always say put the boots on the ground and, and get the work done and that's something that i never really really done it was always you know put the bait out um hunt the food plots put your camera out on the food plot put your camera out on the feeder um, and those are just spots that you hunt. Well, um, you know, hunting a private lease, you know, you got guys that's in your private lease that are, that are doing those things. Well, um, so I can't remember what episode it was. Um, but it, it was this, it was one guy, he, he was on there and he talked about, um, he hunted both public and private and the, the private land that he was in with the, the with the lease the clubs and stuff, he would, he would he would always end up killing deer and the guys were like, well, how are you killing deer? And he was like, well, I'm just walking 30 yards off the food plot here and killing them down in this bottle. Mm. And, uh, so I just kind of, you know, started doing, you know, started piecing things together, but the, the property, the property that I hunt, uh, we got about 700 acres and I would say probably 600 of it is eight year old planted pines. So, um, and the rest of it are the SMZs, you know, down in, down in the bottles. And, you know, every episode that I listen to or, or, or something, you know, most of us talk about, you know, hunting the thickets or whatever, stuff like that. Well, 90% of what I hunt, those planted pines are, are thickets. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had to start, you know, listening, um, you know, keep diving into to the episodes. And I, and I actually got to episode 193, which is uh, Jamie McKay with hunting buck trails. And 
that's actually how um, I kind of started targeted, targeting this deer was um, I started finding, you know, trails, uh, well-used trails. And I know that he talks about in his episode specifically that he's hunted this one spot, one trail for years. And I kind of knew um, in this area that I, that I was going to go in where the trails were. And I knew that at a certain time, they, they, the, the bucks and the deer, they start, they start hitting this trail. So, um, you know, that kind of played a part into, to me harvesting this deer as well. Oh, dude, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And Jamie McKay was such a good episode. Um, especially just kind of had how he approaches both public and private land and has extreme success on both areas. Um, you know, actually I was hunting a spot this past weekend and Jamie McKay's, you know, kind of. There's a phrase in his episode that he said where I think we were asking him about the wind and how does he, you know, he he scouts these spots where he knows there's going to be bucks cruising through, especially during the rut, and, you know, how does he play with the wind? He's like, you know, on these gun hunts when I only have a couple days to hunt, he's like, you know, I might look at the wind, but, you know, if the wind's not right, I'm just going to make it work. And he's just yeah. going to get in the spot and make it happen. And, you know, it gives me a different perspective too, especially when you're hunting the rut where you don't necessarily know exactly where the deer could come from. Um, and that's, 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 that's something really interesting, but let's get a little bit more towards this deer and kind of, kind of what happened. But, um, you know, what, what were, was there any specific episodes or specific topics or tactics that was covered in any specific episode that really hit home for you that maybe was a factor for this deer? Well, um, Obviously, episode 193 uh, with Jamie McKay, but then also episode 213, um, Killing Win with uh, Travis Murray. Um, you know, for years, you, you've always been taught, you know, you got to have the wind in your face. You got to have that north wind. You know, it's, it's got to be in your face or, or, or you're not going to see a deer and all this. And, and for years, I've hunted that way. You know, always tried to have the wind in, in my face. And I've had, I've had success doing that. Um, but so when I listened to this episode, he talked about, you know, what he called the killing wind. And it, it started, it started clicking in my head. And I was like, you know, if I've always got the wind in my face, what's that big mature buck doing? He's probably always got the wind in his face too. So I was like, so, so what I need to do is I need to, to, to find out, you know, the trails that he's coming down and I need to back off that trail a little bit. I need, I need the wind to be kind of, in in my back kind of headed towards his trail but just off of it enough that he doesn't get a hint of me so when he comes down that trail he's got that wind in his in his face he doesn't necessarily smell me but i'm close enough where i can make the kill and dude i'm just telling you it worked out perfectly that way you know the one place um i've noticed where i've actually like visually put eyes on deer that was using like the wind to their advantage and walking with the wind was uh, hunting uh, hunting uh, clear cuts and cutovers uh, like you know two you know two three year old cutovers where you can get up high and see into it but how right. those how those bucks would use that wind to the advantage of the problem is or what I would see is and it's a representation of what Travis talks about in that episode uh, where you're up on a tree line you get the wind in your face well that deer is coming out the other side or he's walking the other side's edge because he's got the wind in his advantage uh, and he's not necessarily coming downwind towards the tree you're sitting in. Um, and actually one of the areas that I've actually had success in, um, you know, killing a buck that was doing that was actually getting up high in the middle of the cut. And this was deer I killed in December, buck I killed in December. And it was just like that kill, you know, got up high in the middle of a cut and, uh, he was walking with the wind of his advantage with a doe. Um, and they were in a spot that if I was anywhere on the tree line that they were next to, they would have smelt me a hundred percent. 
Uh, right. So it's real interesting. But that played a factor for you. Let me ask, when you heard him talk about that, was that something that instantly clicked, or did you have to go back and re-listen to it? And like, wait, how, how can I use this where I'm hunting? I actually listened to the episode a few, few times because every time I went back and listened to it, I got a little bit more, you know, information. Um, the first time I listened to it, it did click, but I was like, okay, I need, I need to figure out, you know, exactly where I need to be. I've hunted this spot uh, in the past, but I wasn't set up exactly the way I needed to be set up. So, you know, I was like, well, maybe if I get a little closer, you know, uh, a little bit, little bit further down, closer to this trail, you know, I, I'll have success. But yeah, um, it was probably probably the second time I listened to it. I was like, okay, now I know what I need to do. So, so let's let's let me let's break this down a little bit. Let's break down the spot that this buck is hanging out at. Well, first of all, what? How did you know the deer was in the area? I'm guessing you're running trail cameras, but did you have any run-ins previously with this deer? Okay, so. The first picture that I got of this deer was, um, like I told you, we had we got 700 acres, and we got we got a um, there's a road that kind of runs a canter road that runs in between our property, and there's 40 acres across the road that hardly anybody ever hunts. Um, it's probably it's 40 acres, and probably 20 of it is hardwood hardwood thicket, and um, so. But across the road, um, Thanksgiving is when I got the first picture of this buck. And I was like, oh, man, look at this deer. We, we named him Samson because he was just that massive. And I was like, dude. So, you know, I was getting pictures of him at this one spot, but it was all at night. And another guy on my lease was getting a picture of him not far from there. So I was like, well, I know he's in this area. Um, so, so, so let me just kind of paint you a picture of where I was at on, on this. So, um, I told you it's 40 acres, 20 of it's probably um, the hardwoods. I'm on this ridge, and I'm kind of, kind of, I don't know, 10 yards off the property line. This property that's beside me has been clear-cut, um, uh, and nobody, nobody hunts it. It's just been completely clear-cut, and it got cut probably, I don't know, four years ago, and it never got replanted. So it's, you know... Got sagebrush, briar, uh, green briar, just all up in there. Just major bedding area up in there. And so I'm sitting up on this ridge, uh, probably about 30 yards off this ridge. And out in front of me is the hardwood bottom that's kind of thick, um, but not really. But to my left is a swamp thicket. So I was like, you know, at some point, you know, this deer's got – or or any deer has got to come through this spot. I had a couple target bucks. I had that buck and, and, and another one that we call a gladiator. And I was like, I know these deer are in this area, but I'm not 100% sure where, you know, their beds are. Um, so uh, the week before I killed this deer, I went in and had the same wind. Uh, it was a south, southeast wind, I think. And I went in, so I made my way all the way around and walked down the ridge um to my stand location and uh i got up in the stand it's kind of funny story um i had my bow with me that day so i get in the stand you know get all my gear up tether off um hang my bow up i pull pull my arrow out of my knot or out of my quiver to to put in to knock it on my on my bow and i got those uh those knockout um uh, I don't know if you if you see them the, the glow knockouts. Mm-hmm. They got a they got a uh, like a little locking system on them where they don't run all the time. So 
I'm trying to get this unlocked so I can, you know, make sure that if I do, if I do fire my arrow, that, you know, the, the, the light of knock will come on. And as I'm trying to get it to, to unlock, it, it shoots out my, out my bow and shoots about, I don't know, 10 yards out and sticks in the ground and the knock lights up. And I'm like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so, and, and it's, it's early in the morning, probably like five forty-five in the morning. I'm like, crap, this morning start off like crap. So anyway, I get me another arrow, knock it. And I'm sitting there. I don't know, probably 30 minutes after, after daylight, I hear something behind me and it's a deer. He's grunting. And I'm like, Oh, there's a deer behind me grunting. So I turn around, completely turn around. And I, at this time I, I'm, I'm facing the tree, looking around the tree and I see this little spike buck. He's coming down the ridge and he's grunting, doing his thing. He gets about 40 yards from me and he stops and he's looking at me, but he's not looking right at me. He's like looking past me. And I'm like, what's this little buck looking at? And I hear something behind me and there's been squirrels and, and, you know, birds making all kind of racket all morning. And I'm like, Oh, it's probably a squirrel or whatever. So I, I turn my head and look and this buck that we call Samson, is 10 yards right at my arrow with the light of knock looking at it. And I'm like, holy crap. Well, he's, he, he sees me move. Cause, cause I didn't think it, I didn't think, it, you know, there was going to be a deer there. He sees me move and he kind of turns and, and trots off 60 yards and stops broadside 60 yards. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. You know, th this is my luck. You know, deer comes in 10 yards, spots me. He didn't smell me. Thank, thank the Lord he didn't smell me. But he runs off 60 yards broadside and stands there. I come full draw, and I'm like, there's no way. There's no way I can shoot this deer at 60 yards. I mean, I, I, could, I got a 60-yard pin, but I'm not risking it and, and shooting out there and wounding this deer. So he just eases off and out of my life, and I'm like, I'm sick. So I just I sit down in my stand, and I sit for the rest of the morning. I've seen tons of bucks tons of dough that day and i was i was just sick it just made me sick i was like you know th this is a world-class bug the biggest bug i'll ever see in my life and he just walked out of my life so um you know all week i was sick in my stomach and i was like you know what i'm gonna go back saturday morning and i'm gonna take my rifle because if he comes in at 60 yards i'll be able to shoot him with my rifle so I went in the next morning. No, hold on, let me. I want to stop you. I want to stop you right there because okay. I've got a question about the first set. When you when you set up there, were you set up with the wind in your face, or were you set up in in a way? It sounded like the wind was in your face, but were you or were you trying to think about more like that killing wind in that first set? I wasn't thinking about the the killing wind that first set. It it was kind of a crosswind um, um, that day. It was kind of it was kind of coming. Um, uh, it was kind of coming like an east wind. I had like an east wind that day. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was kind of coming across me. So he couldn't smell me that morning cause he, he was down in front of me and it was, it was hitting me from my left to my right. The wind was, so I wasn't really thinking about it, about the, the killing wind. I was actually just going in there as an observation sit, um, you know, just seeing what was coming through there. Um, cause like I told you earlier, I, I didn't know if, if that buck was actually cruising that area or if he was across the road, staying across the road in that area. So um come to find out you know he, he was cruising that area um and like i told you before you know the only times that we had him on camera was at night and to see this deer you know in the daylight you know was a good thing for me i was like okay i, I know this is his area 
Now, I want to, okay, you sounds like you described this area. There's like on the other side of the property line, there's a, like a cutover that really just is this old region. There's no pines planted or anything, which sounds amazing, dude. I've hunted stuff like that before. It's like, if, if I ever get to the point where I'm looking to buy a property and especially if I can harvest timber on it, dude, I would, depending on how big the property was, I would totally five, 10, 15 acres, just like let it go like that and just run a fire through it every couple of years and keep yeah. it like that tall grass and briars. Oh my gosh, dude, that's some of the best hunting you've ever had. <laughs> it, now, if you're a rifle hunter, it's amazing or a muzzleloader. Now, if you're a bow hunter, it'll freaking drive you nuts because it's, it's hard to get a deer to come within bow range out in that stuff. Um, but, Absolutely. But so you got that on the other side of the property line. You've got like a, you said like a swamp bottom next to you along with like a hardwood range and also some of those pines. So it sounds like a really, really diverse area, which sounds fantastic. Now the spot that he came out of the first time you saw him, what what was he coming out of? Or, or I mean, I guess you didn't see him until he was 10 yards from the stand, but I mean, per kind of the direction he looked like he was coming from, was he coming like from that property line or, or what was it? Well, there's two trails. There, there's a trail that's about 20 yards in front of my stand that um, is not really heavily used. And then there's a trail that's 30 yards out from my stand that's really heavy, heavily uh, used. So um, I'm, I'm thinking that he came from that 30-yard trail, um, um, which kind of runs parallel uh, with our property and the neighbor's property, um, which is coming out of that swamp bottom. So I'm pretty sure that's where he was coming from. Um, now, you know, like I said, when, when I seen him, he was at 10 yards and he was right there, right there under me. So, mm-hmm. um, that, that, that was the, you know, that was the first time that I seen him. I'm pretty sure he came from that 30 yard, uh, trail. So what did you, okay. So you went back in after him the next opportunity that you had, but I mean, what did you learn from that first, you know, experience that you're like, okay, next time I'm going, I'm taking the rifle clearly, but you know, how did you want to set up going to this next time? And kind of, how did the killing wind play a factor for that? So, so I was like, you know, I, I don't hunt or use scent, any kind of scent. And I use like, you know, um, like I, 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 you know, like me, I, I cover scent and stuff like that. But as far as like using, um, you know, like, like dopey kind of sense or extra sense or something like that. I, I, don't, I don't use anything like that usually. And so I was like, you know, okay, so I'm going to have a Southeast wind on this, on this, on this, on this day. The wind, if, if he comes in, he's probably, cause he's a mature bug. He's going to have the wind at his nose. So I was like, I'm going back to that spot because I got a good wind. I'm off his trail a little bit, um, 30 yards up the ridge off of his trail. If he comes down that trail, um, what I'm gonna do is, and um, so so what I got, I, I don't know if you've heard of uh, uh, Kill Drift. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. So uh, they're actually a, a local um, um, manufacturer here in Rehoboth, Alabama. They make um, these these make, they make these uh, these wick uh, pads that go in your thermosail, mm-hmm. and uh, it's Kill Drift Come Getter is the name of it. Um, and I actually got some from. Uh, uh, a local archery shop and he was like hey man you just, just try this you know see how it does I was like all right i'm not a big scent guy sure i'll try it but so i went down to, before that morning when i went in i did the same thing i, I came all the way around the, the property i came down the ridge just like i did the the previous week i went 20 yards out and i set this uh kill drift in my thermosail 20 yards out walked back up got my stand well obviously the morning came, sun came up, thermals, 
which is another thing that I've learned uh, listening to you guys is about thermals. Thermals hit where my, my scent goes straight up the hill. And I'm like, crap. Well, about 8.30, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see deer. Um, I've seen two or three bucks. I had two come in the 20-yard trail, and they come right to the thermosail and was just smelling around. I had a couple. Uh, one of them made a scrape right in front of me. Um, then I had a couple does come through. And then for um, for an hour, I didn't see a single deer. And I was I was getting pretty discouraged. I was like, man, you know. And I try to sit till lunch or after. And um, had a couple buddies of mine giving me some, you know, they was texting me, you know, what you seeing, how's it going. I just put my phone in my pocket and I looked up, and coming down that thirty yard trail, I see I see legs. I'm like, oh, here comes a deer. And I was like. Oh, that's a buck. So I get my rifle and I pull I pull it up and I say, Oh, that's a good buck. It's a shooter buck. I didn't I didn't know it was this deer. I, I was thinking, you know, it was a good shooter buck. I knew that, but I didn't know it was this exact deer. And man, let me tell you something. He was coming in. He was coming in hard. He was looking for something, had his nose on the ground. He was following he was following that scent. He was coming in, man. And I was like, Oh man, here, it's him. That's him. So I got my skirt ready. And I, I said, when he gets to this this spot, I have one one shot. And I said, when he gets to this spot, I'm gonna stop him. And I've never really had success. You know, you always see it on on TV and stuff like that about the guys. You know, they, they make a, a grunt noise with their mouth and they get the deer stopped. I've never had success with that. But it was like the stars aligned, man. He come in there, he come in that spot, and I said, man. And he just turned and looked at me just perfectly, and I just laid the hammer down, man. Oh man, that's awesome. Well, let me ask, uh, the direction that he's coming in, how he's coming in with the wind direction compared to like where you're sitting at the stand, if we're like on a clock and say you're in the middle of the clock, okay. Or the, the hands are pivoting around. Mm -hmm. What direction is the wind kind of going on that clock? You know, kind of from, uh, you know, what direction is it blowing to and what direction is he walking in from? So if I'm in the middle of the clock, the wind's blowing at a I would say at two o'clock. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he comes in from a, I would say 12, 15, one o'clock mm -hmm. oh, wow. between that, that area. So, I mean, it was very thin margin of he either smelt me or he didn't smell me. It, it, it was, it was that close. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating, dude. Especially cutting it that close and having that buck come in. Cause I mean, when he came in, when you first saw him, I mean, he's what thirty? You said like thirty yards or so. He he was he was exactly thirty yards when I shot him. Um, the first the, when I first saw him, he was probably about sixty. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I was like, if he keeps coming on this trail, he's gonna come in at thirty yards, and I'm gonna have a perfect shot. And man, if I had my bow, bro, <laughs> that would have been awesome. But you know, um, I'm still ecstatic, and like I told you, I'm still on cloud nine about it because. Um, you know, after I shot him, I, 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 dude, I was shaking so bad I couldn't get out the tree for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I was so I was so jacked up, man. And uh, so uh, I finally got down and you know had a good blood trail. Fall, he he actually ran on the neighbor's property, so um, had to get permission to go over there, um, and ended up following the trail. And he didn't go twenty yards. And the the more the closer I got to him, the bigger he got. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then when I got to him, I seen those kickers, and I was like, it's Samson. And, 
man, what a monster. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm sure there was a overwhelming rush of just adrenaline and excitement when you like actually got to put your hands on them and see exactly what deer it was. It, it, it was, it was, Jacob, man. I'm just telling you, I, I felt because it's been a long, hard eight years. I have hunted and hunted and hunted, and my wife can attest that um, she, she is, she has, uh, she has endured a lot with me hunting and um for me to actually finally get a a a a south alabama giant is is a blessing for me it's it's a blessing for her because she was like yeah you can finally come home now (laughs) you know so uh but uh man it was it was an outstanding awesome day i the next morning i woke up and I ran outside to the freezer to make sure he was still in the freezer (laughs) (laughs) and make sure I wasn't dreaming. And bro, I wasn't, it was, it was awesome. Well, let me ask just from like the overall experience of kind of like what had happened, kind of what played out and everything. I mean, what, what did you kind of learn during that experience that you can kind of apply going, you know, forward, you know, not only for this season, but hopefully seasons to come. Well, so, you know, not, not every, not everything that, um that you do may work so if, if if you try something and it doesn't work try something else um that that's what i did like, like i said you know i always heard you know or listen so when i started listening to you guys you know talk to you guys talk about thick hunting thickets and stuff like that so you know almost, almost everything that we got is, is thickets or with the with the pines and stuff so i was like so i had to find what what would work and and that's what that's what you guys got to do is is find what works for the property that you're hunting um and and as as for me what i what i what i'm going to end up doing is is uh is continue to hunt trails um and and when i when i find another target buck i'm going i'm going to use that killing wind to my advantage if i can um now the setup that i had this past saturday um was the perfect situation not every situation is going to be that way and i think travis actually said that as well um not not every situation is going to be going to be like that um um but as far as far as uh when i killed this deer it worked out but um yeah just you know just like you guys always say get get out look put your boots on the ground um find out what's going to work for you yeah dude, i can agree anymore uh you know you know, with the whole killing wind, I, you know, I've been surprised of how quickly we had two listeners, you know, success stories come in with both you and Brett. And both of you guys know each other, too, which is even funnier, man. This cooler. That's right. But, um, you know, the, the surprising thing with me, even like when I was talking to um, Travis, even after the episode about the killing wind, because I was like, dude, I think it's going to be a super successful you know, rifle tactic for like hunting big cutovers and stuff like that. That's, that's what I thought. Like old, like, you know, CRP field, stuff like that. That's where I thought like a killing wind would be unreal. But the funny thing is the two listeners success stories we've had, which is both of you guys who's had success using his tactic, both killed your deer within like 40 yards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's pretty, pretty crazy. And, and, you know, when, when, when I heard him talk about that, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, it's probably, probably what really gave the rifle, just like you thought. Never thinking that, you know, he would come in, come in that, that close. But, you know, the, the, the time I seen him before, I was like, man, he came in really close, you know? So they kind of got me pumped. You know, obviously I was sick to my stomach because he, he walked out of my life, I thought, but it got me pumped as well. I was like, man, 
you know, how, how, how close, how much closer can I get to him without him actually smelling me and me have this wind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's extremely fascinating. So I'm excited. I mean, especially like with Alabama, you know, our season goes to February 10th. I know Mississippi's, you know, very similar uh, along with, I think, Louisiana, from what I heard, it goes to February 15th. Uh, don't hold me to that. I, I don't work for uh, DNR for Louisiana. Don't hunt in Louisiana, but that's what I've heard. Uh, and I know North Florida. We're actually talking about maybe doing a trip down to North Florida and hunting uh, an area that's open till uh, mid to almost late February down there uh, on a on a firearm hunt, which is uh, pretty cool. Chasing some rutting deer down there, but. The, the thing is, is I feel like this tactic is going to be extremely successful for a lot of people. I feel like we're going to have maybe more success stories this year, but I feel like a ton of success stories are going to come in next year from that episode and using that killing wind because it's just, it's just extremely fascinating and gives you a different perspective of truly how do some of these bucks get to the older age class, you know, for the area. You know, you're talking to a deer, it's five, six plus years old. Uh, he's not walking around all the time, especially in areas with pretty good hunting pressure, uh, without you know some kind of wind advantage. That's right. That's right. And and that's well, that was my thinking too, Jacob. Is you know, uh, as a buck matures, now you may you may you know see a two three year old deer come in with with the wind, you know, coming over his back, um, you know, walking with the wind stuff like that. But I, I, my thinking was when I when I heard this the episode with Travis was, if it's a mature buck. I'm talking five, six years old, mature buck. He he's not that old because he's dumb. Okay, he is that old because he's smart, and he's always going to have that wind advantage. Oh, exactly. I mean, especially areas in the southeast where we have a very long firearm season for most most of the states in the southeast. You know, a lot of hunters, um, but also really in a lot of areas, an abundance of thick cover. You know, it just makes sense that a deer is going to do anything and everything in his advantage if he's getting to that age class uh, to stay alive. Uh, especially, again, this is in areas with high, you know, hunter densities. Um, and definitely South Alabama has got some heritage for, you know, deer hunters and just a lot of guys getting after it. So I'm sure that Absolutely. deer, I, I don't know if you, when y'all skinned him or anything, if he had any battle wounds from any guns or broadheads, but it wouldn't surprise me a deer like that, you know, having some kind of wounds. Um, just because, I mean, he's probably seen a ton of stuff down there, but. Uh, Absolutely. Just let me ask, you know, just kind of as a, a final thought to maybe wrap us up, um, you know, kind of what's your thoughts now for the, you know, the rest of your season? I mean, I know now probably after killing that deer, probably, you know, probably like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm pretty much good. You know, I probably got a couple tags left, but, man, I'm satisfied. Dude, I'd be the same way. Listen, I kill like a deer like that now, dude, I'd be like, man, we crappie fishing now <laughs> and getting ready for turkeys. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, <clears throat> kind of like what's your, what's your goal for the rest of the season? And, uh, again, maybe, you know, Maybe looking out. Uh, I know it's, it's, it's a little while away, but you know, maybe for uh, this coming year season. I mean, kind of, what's kind of your goal now after kind of applying some of this stuff and maybe trying to figure some stuff out for this property? Absolutely, man. Yeah, I still got a couple tags left. Um, I, I don't, I don't kill much. Um, I kill a doe every now and then, and um, you know, obviously, I killed this big buck. Um, but um, so I got a couple tags left. We got a couple shooters um, that's on our hit list still, and. Uh, we got we got one that we call Big Show. Um, I'll actually send you some pictures of him later. But um, uh, so I, you know, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some 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 casual hunting. <laughs> so uh, I may go a few more times. I'm I'm definitely gonna be with my bow this time because I definitely want to kill a, a mature buck with my bow. Um, and that's probably what I'm gonna do next year. I'm probably gonna kind of hunt all year with my bow. Um, just try to you know seal the deal on it. I'm, I'm what I want to do is. As I want to find um, 
obviously I, I didn't I didn't start listening to you guys till November, so I didn't have a whole year to 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 listen and kind of uh, plan and scout and stuff like that, like I needed to. So that's probably going to be more of my goal um, in the off season is, is do more scouting, um, try to find you know uh, those pockets of thickets maybe inside of these planted pines or um, down in these SMZs. Um, um, find more, find more, find more ridges that I can get up on and see down in, um, stuff like that. Just, just to try to get prepared for next year and, uh, see if I can, uh, bring another, another giant in at, at 20, 30 yards and, and stick them with my bow. Oh yeah. And actually, man, what you said actually brought up a, a, a question I want to ask and I probably should have asked this earlier, but you know, with everybody else that's in this kind of lease, um, you know, your kind of approach to it, I mean, is it different? kind of recently compared to like what other guys are doing or, or other guys kind of doing that same thing or are they more so just like sitting on food sources most of the guys that i hunt with um like i said um you know my uncles and, and stuff like that got me into hunting so um a, lo- a lot of guys that hunt my club are a little older mm-hmm. so they like to sit in the box stand and you know look over the food plot which which you know i don't have no problem with we we, we have plenty of deer every time we go you see you see deer so um they like to watch the deer and um but you know to 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 be able to kill um a mature buck um like the one i killed man you you got you got to get down in there where they are um and i think that that, that's what you know the first episode i listened to with you guys with glenn solomon he talked about you know you got to get in there man you you gotta you you gotta know you gotta know the spots and then you always got to have a backup spot ready just in Mm -hmm. case you know and uh so yeah um, most of the guys most of the guys in, in our in our lease they, they they mainly hunt um food plots or or you know a feeder or something like that um they don't really get down in down in the in the nitty-gritty like i do um there's there's a couple guys in my club that do but um they definitely they definitely hadn't been uh uh applying you know the tactics and and things like that that i've learned from from this podcast i kind of I don't want to say this, but I kind of been keeping it a little secret, you know. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I was like, don't let them listen to the this episode, yeah. and definitely don't share the podcast. You know, we're That's, always like, oh man, share the podcast with your buddies. But if you're in a club, at least don't share them with those people, man. Come on now. <laughs> nah, man, we we got we got a good group of guys, <laughs> and uh, dude, they they are all just super pumped that I killed this deer, and because that man, listen, I, I put in a lot of time up there, and they know the time that I put in up there. And, uh, and I would be just ex- as excited if somebody in my in, in my lease killed that deer too, you know. So um, we got a good group of guys, and uh, we actually uh, the name of our club is a Country Boy Paradise. So um, <laughs> awesome, yeah. Well, that's a uh, you know one reason why I brought that up is because I feel that a lot of people, especially hunting you know clubs and leases, especially if there's quite a bit of you know guys in the club, I feel like it's kind of overwhelming. Like, oh man, there's so many guys out here. There's a lot of pressure. Well. A lot of people do the same thing on clubs and leases. You know, they're hunting food sources. They're hunting areas that they can, you know, get to fairly easily. They're not walking very far. And, you know, one really good episode for anyone listening to, if you are in a club or lease, especially if you're, you know, sharing it with multiple people or you're in a bigger club where there might be, you know, 20, 30, 40 members or more, is uh, episode 206, uh, which is um, with uh, Kevin Tullis. Um, it's a really good episode, you know, focusing both on public, but he, he does a lot of stuff on private uh, clubs and leases and he's got you know almost 35 years of getting it done on a ton of different clubs where he might be only in a club for a couple of years because his issue is 
when you uh, have success in the first couple of years uh, killing some really big deer in these clubs that the, no, no one else is seeing, they magically don't have a spot for you the following year. <laughs> so uh, he's, a, he's a good guy to listen to because he's, uh, he's experienced that more times than not. Uh, but that's a really good episode to really just look at um, these private lands differently. I mean, it actually gives me a different perspective. I would love to get invited by somebody on one of these clubs and actually, or like go out and scout it and see how everybody else is hunting it and kind of see where those pockets or deer are moving through that nobody's seeing because nobody's getting down in those SMZs and nobody's, you know, kind of punching through the backside of those thickets. You know, they're all sitting up high or sitting on some kind of field or, you know, nice open way that they can, you know, get to very easily. But uh, I guess it gives you a different perspective. If uh, if you don't mind coming to South Alabama, man, you you're more than welcome anytime. Well, man, listen, y'all got that awesome like mid to like late January rut, which is like killer, dude. You know, up here where we're at, you know, we're you know for the rut for the most times, you know, most areas that at least we hunt by the first week of January, we're done with the rut up here. So I, I don't know, we might be heading south in a little bit, uh, trying to. Uh, travel and uh hunt some different pieces of public land but it really just depends on scheduling but yeah dude that'd be awesome again south alabama alabama is such a great state man because you can literally chase rutting deer from like the first week of november in certain parts of alabama all the way through i mean pretty much february i mean pretty much to the end of the season i mean you get down there in the in the delta um i mean you can catch some deer you know real late into the season you know chasing so um, it's a it's an awesome state, lots of opportunity. But Justin, man, listen, I'm just gonna let you know, man, you killed one hell of a deer. <laughs> super dude, it's super excited for you. I'm glad you're able to come on the show and to share uh, just the whole experience with us and kind of what you learned in the last couple months. And wish you the best of luck for the rest of your season. Hopefully, man, we have you back on kind of like Brett with another listener uh, success story. That'd be awesome, dude. Hey, man, I sure appreciate it, Jacob. And uh, just want to say one more thing. Um, thank you and uh, Andrew for the platform that you guys provide for, uh, for guys like me and, uh, all the other listeners out there. Um, you know, not only with the listener success, but also, uh, with, with all the guests you guys have on, man, it's, um, it, it has paid off for me and it's paid off for a lot of other guys. And, um, we, we just, we greatly appreciate it, brother. Well, listen, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, if you talk to Andrew, he'll say the exact same thing. Nothing gets us more fired up when we get a new listener uh, success story that comes in either through email, Facebook, or Instagram. And we've had a lot this year. I mean, probably over 100. That's the reason why we've hand-selected all these guys like yourself to get on the show, uh, just because there's been so many of you all that have had success. But the, nothing gets us more excited about that. I don't care how many download numbers we get on the show, whatever's happening. Like, we get someone like yourself, dude, who kills a big deer using tactics from the show. Dude, it gets me fired up. I mean, it gets me as fired up as if I went out and shot that deer. <laughs> so <laughs> it's awesome, yeah, dude. Um, but appreciate Well, again, all the listeners out there, if you have success, just like Justin, let us know. Shoot us a uh, message either on Facebook, Instagram, or at our um, email, which, man, I can't remember our email right now. Just go to our website, southernoutdoorsman.com, and you can email us directly from there on our contact page. Uh, just let us know what's helped you, what's helped you be successful uh, using tactics and tips for the show. And maybe, uh, like you know, some of the lucky guys we've had for uh, this season, uh, maybe we pick you for one of our last couple of listeners to success stories uh, for this year. So it's been an exciting year. Love seeing the uh, success from you guys. Uh, but, Justin, again, thank you for coming on, brother, and uh, best luck to you for the rest of your season. Appreciate it, man. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman. And thank you to Blackberry Smoke for the music for the podcast. Also, to follow along with us, make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. 
And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Until next time, y'all stay Southern. All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. Well, we're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We are going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast this show was literally made for you it is an excellent group of people that are going to be there a lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there you're going to get to talk to them shake their hand learn from them in person make some connections and guys we get a lot of questions about hey, which saddle should i get which tree stand should i get what about this piece of gear what about that piece of gear how do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.